0: Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage where we talk with the who's who on stage in dance, comedy and performing arts speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them My guest is Solomon Thomas. He's a theatre maker and performer and core member of Regroup Performance Collective, exploring the intersection between the physical and digital in theatre, experimenting with how theatre and film can coexist in a live context. He works as a performer, puppeteer, theatre maker and video designer and is driven by how these practices formally meet. He and Kirby Medway and others are bringing UFO to the Stables Theatre from the 18th to the 29th of April as part of Griffin Lookout Program. It's described as a blend of science fiction tropes, live cinema and a exquisitely detailed one to eight miniatures. We'll get into that. A mix of video, stop motion animation and live theatre bringing UFOs to the stage. Please welcome Solomon Thomas. Hello. Hello, welcome. So this sounds very, very exciting and what a new kind of world and of, of ideas that I don't think I've sort of heard much of before this sort of style of what you're working in or the world you're working in. But before we get into that, how did you come to the stage in the first place? Was it film? Was it theatre? Was it puppetry? Was it like, what was the beginning for you?
1: I mean, I started as a little kid who was way too outgoing and everyone told me to get on stage. <laughs> um, I did, you know, amateur theatre down in Bega, where I'm from. And uh, then joined Fling Physical Theatre Company, which is like a young youth physical theatre company down there. Um, was a dancer and physical theatre performer for like my whole teenage years and then went to uni for theatre. Uh, I have a wow. bachelor's in performance at Wollongong and did my honours degree there. So I was really into like theatre and performing and directing and making. We, like, we're taught a lot to be theatre makers there. And mm. then since then have been like... I don't know. Never really been into puppetry, but just got thrown into that. I work with a company called Earth, where I'm an associate artist there, um, and puppeteer. And I love tech stuff. I'm a bit of a tech nerd, so I do video design things. Um, I kind of get bored easy, so I'll take up anything I can. Um, <laughs> hence the one eight scale stuff in this one.
0: So, what is that one eight scale stuff we're talking about? And and like, okay, before we say that. So is it just this sort of drive to, like, you know, make and what can you make? Like, kind of inventive it sounds, you know?
1: Yeah, I've, I think I've always been really um, excited and interested by, like, the formal aspects of theatre. Like, I'm, I'm not – I wouldn't I'm call myself a storyteller, not because I don't tell stories, but more because I'm much more interested in how, like, formal um, things play out in theatre. So – that's where the video design stuff comes from i'm just excited by when theater is a bit different to when it you what i what i usually see like usually you see actors doing a script um with a designer who's done the design and i'm interested Mm. in like pulling all that apart and excited by that um what drives me to do it i don't know i've always (laughs) just done theater i've never imagined doing anything else it sounds kind of silly but yeah, I like it. I like also like that it gives me a whole lot of different things to do. I'm not I'm not a, doing one thing at any one time. Like this show, I'm directing. I'm video designing. I've made the little puppets. I've made you know made the set, done the lighting <laughs> design. Like I I like wow. to be constantly stimulated from all sides. So I think that's kind of what keeps keeps me in theater and keeps me driven to that because it's a form that like lets you put things in. Like it lets you put film in and lets you take film out and it lets you be a physical theatre performer or just an actor. I think that's why I like it. I'm not put in a little pocket. I get to explore all kinds of forms.
0: Ah, oh, okay. So, because you said, like, more interested in the, I thought you said formal aspects of theatre, but I think what you mean is form, like the form and the, all the kind of ways you can tell it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. So this story... UFOs. I can't help but think of like Ed Wood and that kind of lo-fi world of sci-fi. Tell me tell me about the beginnings of this story for this production, I suppose. Where did the icon- idea come from and what is the story? Talking about story, or not?
1: <laughs> no, no, uh, there is a story in this one. Um, yeah. Uh, the idea started years and years ago. I had this very silly idea that I'd want to do this big kind of visual work where a real UFO would land in a paddock and you'd go out and drive in your car and sit and watch a real UFO land. And I was obsessed with this idea until I realized that I'm I was an up-and-coming artist with no budget and no <laughs> potential to get a budget yet, because I hadn't really proven myself. Um, my partner, Hannah Goodwin, was like, Why don't you do it in miniatures? I was like, No, 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 no. And she kept getting like, Why don't you do it in miniatures? And eventually. I kind of realized that this kind of play with scale was a perfect way to do it. You have the actors be miniature and Mm. the UFO be big. So that was the kind of start of it. And then I needed someone to write it because I'm not a writer. Um, And so I had this really, I mean, I've been friends with Kirby for ages. I've done a show of his called encounter, which has a beautiful kind of, it talks about like um, this beautiful monster that um, and, and how we engage with monsters and what monsters represent. And then, uh, he had a party where we all sat under his house and listened to George or uh, Orson Welles' uh, War of the Worlds
0: oh, the audio play, wow. and yeah. and I
1: just kind of connected with all those things and was like, oh yeah, Kirby's gotta gotta write me something for this, and so I asked him to write me. I I would make a thirty minute show where a spaceship lands, and then he would write a thirty minute play that happens after that. And that was the first idea for this um, ah. thing. And he wrote me a little 30-minute play and I tried to make something land for 30 minutes and that was quite boring, my half. <laughs> that, and his half was quite interesting. So we kind of <laughs> just kept going on what happens after a UFO lands and that's where this story is kind of set. It's like uh, four people are tasked with dealing with a UFO after it lands. Uh, it kind of explores kind of uh, the humanity of, of dealing with, the big unknown and things that are big and unknown. And we're kind of playing with this idea that like both Kirby and I, I think are very interested in uh, finding what the human kind of experience is for us. And a lot of that was to do with inaction, like not being heroes, like sci-fi often portrays people at moments of crisis or moments of large um, kind of world changing things where humans take action to fix the problem and we were looking at the things that were happening around us as we've developed this and realizing that that doesn't really happen humans don't stand up all the time they're not always heroes and some some are but like generally as a populace, especially myself <laughs> <laughs> I, this is my thoughts is like I just sat, sit at, sat at home and looked at the numbers as um you know the fires came in to my family home in Bega or COVID kind of came and went and came and went. He just kind of kept looking at the numbers and the maps and and waiting for something to happen or something to change and hoping that the world will change. And so it kind of plays with this idea. There's four people sitting in front of a UFO and they'd been tasked with um, counting the lights back and forth. And they want to do something, but they're scared to do something. And they do they do something, don't they do something is kind of uh, um, wow. where we start off the play but yeah playing with those ideas mm. um it's set in rural australia um on a golf course um <laughs> it's fun it's funny it's slow meditative um yeah and it yeah it talks about bureaucracy and numbers in the face of big alien things
0: mm. i can't help but think of, i mean because i mean this is a, an actual ufo that has landed but I can't help but think of the the people that do that obsessive, looking out for UFOs or watching. Does it have that kind of, you know, the different characters and obsessions or whatever of each person?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's uh, Each character has their little moment of like, well, I think it's uh, <laughs> this or I think it's that, um, some being more on the conspiracy theory side, some being more on the mm. it's just a weather station that um, – a country who we don't know what, the, like, you know, Area 51 stuff. So, yeah, yeah, definitely that kind of um portraying your fear and your imagination onto this big thing. I mean, the UFO in the actual space is just this um silver kind of oval with lights in it, and so it, it doesn't really say or do anything, and so they have to give it all the life, and so does the audience, yeah. I think. It's it's that thing. It's It's there, and you have to give it some kind of imaginative thought. We don't ever go... The aliens are this, or the aliens will do that. Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's giving away too much. No, um, it's not giving away too much. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, definitely um, putting your <laughs> feelings on the the big unknown is what we all do.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. So tell me about the visuals. Like, how? What is one to eight? You know, miniatures. What does that mean? And yeah, this. How does that scale work?
1: So the scale is like um a uh, action figure scale. So like okay. Barbie dolls or action figures, it's that size, um, and they' I've I've kind of stolen, developed, uh, yeah. wrangled this kind of technology where you can 3D scan a person uh, into a like a render on on my computer, and then I've put in uh, shoulders and joints for them as like puppets, and then reprinted, 3D printed them, and then my sister who's a very um, brilliant artist, Miri Badger, uh, has painted them in oil paintings. So they look like these kind of miniature oil paintings come to life of the actors. So we scanned the actors, reprinted them with joints, and then they can puppeteer themselves. And they also film, so the actors are holding the own the cameras as well, and they live wow. cut their own film. So they have control over when we switch camera. Um, and there's two cameras. They're performing puppeteering and cutting the whole film right in front of you on stage and then i've made a the one-eighth scale golf course and a eight scale doll's house has been well doll's house it's not a doll's house it's a clubhouse <laughs> it's a golf clubhouse um has been made by angus calendar who's one of my designers um dylan tonkin made the ufo so it's kind of and i've made me and my brother have made the golf course so we're all kind of like throwing in together to make this so as the audience, you sit and watch over the tables of the golf course and you can yeah. see over the whole setting and in the camera we can see right up close to the eyes of the actors, well, the 3D-printed actors.
0: How fascinating. How bamboozling as well.
1: well like... I mean, it's been to explain over um, a radio interview, but I yeah. think when you're there, it's it's very instantly, we know these forms. Like film, uh, everyone knows it. Like um mm. The, the Every common man knows what a film is. We all watch Netflix yeah. and we all take photos on our phone. And that's all it is. It's taking photos and um, movies. And so we understand this language. We love behind the scenes. I remember on DVDs always clicking to get to the behind the scenes um, <laughs> menu. We miss it yeah. so much in Netflix. But I sit on YouTube and watch behind the scenes stuff all the time. And really the play, like what you're seeing in the theater is a behind the scenes as well as the end product all at the same time. And it, so whilst hard to explain via a radio show, you sit there and you can see the camera and you can see the little figurine and you can see the actor and you go, oh yeah, they're taking pictures. Oh yeah, they're yeah. telling the story through a visual language that I understand so yeah. well.
0: I guess I was just wondering how you do the, like you meant, you said you take a image and you put it in and then there's you've got the actors and they're actually puppets in a way, but they're holding the cameras and the, anyway, let's not get into the finer detail. <laughs> what are the challenges? Well, go and see it for, for all of those details. Um, what, are, what have been some of the challenges? Like have you worked in this way before or is this quite new for you? Like, I mean, it doesn't sound new, but you know, what are the challenges that come along with this?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like the video design is something I've been, um, using here and there um and stolen from here and there as well uh where do we a bit of stop motion in it and i've never seen stop motion done in theater before um but i'm a puppeteer so that's a language that i understand and know um i'm a video designer and with regroup we've just done a big show coil which is touring through regional australia this year but i just did a season at the opera house which has a similar video design we make a uh a small short film live on stage Mm. um, with one actor playing all the parts. So in that um, similar stuff, but in that one, I'm the camera person and I run around with the camera and there's a performer. It's a bit of a different scale, Mm. I suppose. (laughs) There's no 3D (laughs) models, but yeah. So it's kind of me taking all of the things that I'm quite passionate about, video design, directing, physical kind of formal um, play in theater, conversation between live and um, video and puppetry and video design and putting all of that together. Um, So the challenges, I suppose for me, the biggest challenge is I have to do a lot of things. Like when something goes wrong in the tech, the director has to step out of being a director and become a tech. Mm. And when we want to fix a puppet, the the video designer has to go from being a video designer to puppet maker again. So that's like one of the challenges. The other challenge is for the actors. Like I'm asking so much of them. Well, I don't even call them actors. They're just theatre makers, performers. They've helped with this show since it's um, beginning and have put as much in as I have. But um, they have to do their lines whilst filming, which is unbelievably hard to do. Like they're looking at a screen um, and doing their lines whilst other people are doing their lines and puppeteering different people's um, things. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a real juggling act for them. They're doing three people's roles all at once all the time Mm. um so they're they're the kind of challenges but also i think in those challenges is where the gritty kind of like fun part of this theater production comes um you get to watch them succeed and fail and 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 like get there and you know the shots are hard and they have to run and get to the next one and all of that actually the kind of the struggle of this show i think is part of the kind of like um formal interrogation as well that i have with it which is like put people under pressure if they're more interesting to watch we find new formal fun ways of being at the theater and it's not just talking heads in a space but rather like kind of a holistic, different world that you see
0: mm. so if you, if working in this sort of way do you have like inspirations like do you have you taken ideas from all the sci-fi films or music or you know those sort of things
1: yeah definitely I mean like I said the you know listening to um that Orwell uh, War of the Worlds is such a great one you know uh what a beautiful ode to liveness and radio and Mm. um acting and sci-fi and like the questions of real versus like um, not real and news and all this stuff. Like it's a beautiful play with form. Um, I mean, yeah, all kinds of stuff, lots of Twin Peaks. Ah. Uh, I've been watching Severance recently, which I feel like has a really good kind of tonal pace um, that I've been really enjoying. Um, so borrowing from sci-fi, but also just from anywhere, uh, other theater shows, there was a theatre show ages ago at Sydney Festival, which I won't remember the name uh-huh. of. I'm horrible at names. <laughs> it's a horrible question for me because I never even know the names of movies. But where like a hand walks through a miniature set live on stage uh-huh. with like an orchestra. It was at Sydney Festival uh-huh. at um, Carriage Works. And that was again beautiful, um, kind of like play with form and fun and cheeky and yeah, I mean I'm I'm kind of taking taking and borrowing and stealing from everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really like uh, I I just thinking about the well, you say you know each of these four characters have this sort of attitude or belief about where it comes from, and then with the technology that you're using and the aspects and drawing on all these, I'm, I was trying to I was going to ask like you know what is it saying about today you know our life because we do draw on things from all all of these sort of parts of our lives in a way.
1: I mean, I suppose in terms of drawing from all these kind of things, I, I always do that. Mm. Like I would consider myself a physical, I'm interested in physical theatre is my main thing. And then yet yeah, I'm into film and yet I'm into kind of 3D modelling, <laughs> puppetry. Like I just kind of pull and push between all of these different things because I get bored quickly, have a short attention span, which I think I love. <laughs> you know, I would love like trying new things. Yeah. I think the other thing that the show is saying about like where we're at mm. now is more a back to that stuff about numbers and yeah. bigger things. Like this idea of a UFO, uh, something unknown in front of you and you have to sit and be in the presence of it is something that I think we've all been feeling yeah, um, a lot of and the feeling of kind of inadequacy in the front, in the face of all of it and the feeling of like... Um, you're not really worth much in the, in the bigger scheme of things. Like, uh, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of all for that and like all for exploring that and, and all for looking at how humanity is just kind of like a a simple task of counting numbers. Um, I don't really (laughs) mind that. It's, I don't think that's depressing. I think that's fine. (laughs) And so kind of looking at that, it also, the show kind of eventually gets to the idea that like the human centric um, ego driven version of the world mm. where humans are so important and nothing else matters and we are going to save the world or we are going to fix this or will we cause climate change and we can save it and all this stuff. We, 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 I think is a really destructive version of looking at the world. And so the, the play in the end tries to pull apart that and look at what other things people, maybe ducks <laughs> are sitting around and have, Communication methods and can flap and um, sing and run around, and just that we're ignoring that. And I think that, yeah, so we, we try and pull at that as well mm. with the show a bit.
0: Wonderful. It sounds extraordinary. Solomon Thomas, thank you so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Wow. That was Solomon Thomas with UFO playing at the Griffin Theatre from the 18th to the 29th of April.